Hello, and welcome to episode 70 of the podcast. I'm Zoe. Welcome. I hope you're doing well. We made it to episode 70. That's so cool. I love how fast the episodes count up when I'm doing them more frequently, and it's been fun just to be able to share all of the things that I have been thinking about and wanting to share. So today I want to talk about the top three mistakes I made with self-coaching during the period when I was doing the podcast before. So I've talked a little bit about this on the recent episodes, but basically I did the podcast in 2018 and 2019, and then I, and I had a coaching practice as well. And I got to a point where I felt like coaching had helped me a lot, but it wasn't quite getting me all the way to where I wanted to be. And so I took a step back and took about a year actually just for self-discovery, which that phrase sounds so cheesy, but to, um, you know, find my own way (laughs) and my path of self-discovery and found those missing pieces and found some things that worked better for me. Not that I have all the answers by any means, I'm still learning every day, but I wanted to share some of the things that I didn't realize a few years ago that I've realized now that have helped me so much. And I want to share it in the context actually of the Life Coach School model, which is what I used to use to coach with. And I want to say too, and and hopefully this will help illustrate I don't think the model's a bad tool at all. I think it's an amazing tool that helped me a lot in my coaching and self-coaching when I first found it. I think there were some mistakes that I was making with it that looking back now, I can see where the coaches I was working with were uh, probably explaining things just fine, but I wasn't totally picking up on it. And so today is an episode, it's a little bit of a geeky, coachy episode because I'm going to talk about the model, Um, but I want to share this for anyone else who's using the model to kind of explain the realizations I had that really made self-coaching work a lot better for me. So the top three mistakes that I made when using the model before One was trying to self-coach myself from a place of anxiety. Uh, I'll explain each of these in more detail. The second was to ignore the power of changing my circumstances. And the third was to assume that the feelings, the F line in the model, that would generate progress on living my purpose were really kind of intense, strong emotions like um, excitement and commitment, which I'll explain a little bit more about that. I, I think what I thought commitment was was maybe different from what my coaches thought it was. I'll explain all of this as we go through. So I'm just going to talk about each one of these, and hopefully these are helpful for you. But I, what I really want you to get from this episode is the idea that you can you can make any coaching tool your own. And for one thing, what you are hearing might be different from what your coach is intending. And for another thing, there's no one right tool. And ultimately, I think the best way to coach yourself and to get coaching is is to listen to what's offered 
but then to also observe yourself and observe what works for you and ultimately do that um, with all of the coaching and the other techniques just helping to inform you ultimately being your own authority with things. So the first mistake I made was trying to coach myself from a place of anxiety. Now, this is interesting because anxiety and stress and obsessive thinking and sort of that cluster of emotions was one of the main things that those are my biggest problem emotions, honestly, I, that really hold me back. And I spent a lot of time in and so that was one of the main things that I wanted to use the model for uh, and to use that coaching for. And the model is great for that. But here's, here's what I ran into and here's where it didn't work for me and the mistake I made. The mistake I made is that when I get anxious or overwhelmed or um, get kind of obsessive about something or worried about something, one of the reactions and coping mechanisms I have to deal with that anxiety is to think and to analyze and to overthink and to overanalyze. So I would feel anxious and then I would try to coach myself out of that anxiety by just like thinking a lot, right? Thinking through the model, trying to analyze things um, because the model is all about thought work and you have to you have to think to do a model for yourself if you've ever done self-coaching. And what didn't work for me about that was when I am anxious and when I am stressed, my quality of thinking is degraded and it's different. Like the way I think is different when I'm anxious. It reminds me of that old 80s commercial of like, this is your brain, this is your brain on drugs, right? Like that was my brain on anxiety was like a frying egg in the pan and I just do not think as well for myself or have as good insights or make as good decisions uh, when I am anxious. And so for me with anxiety, what has really been helpful is to not feel anxious and start coaching myself using the model, but to realize that the first step is for me to shift from anxious to relaxed. And then, then I can coach myself all I want to and I can have really good insights. But from my anxious brain and my anxious style of thinking, it just doesn't work very well for me. And so a lot of what I do in the new way that I'm coaching and self-coaching is around that shift. How do you shift from anxious to relaxed? And that can be a lot of different things for a lot of different people. And that's not really the focus of this episode, but what does not help me shift from anxious to relaxed is like running a bunch of self-coaching models and just like thinking a bunch. In fact, okay, even though it isn't the um, topic of this episode, I really would love to do an episode and maybe the next episode I do will be on how to stop overthinking because one of the best ways I know to shift from anxious to relaxed is to stop thinking. (laughs) Now, that is not as not an easy task per se, but it is possible to do. And I've learned quite a bit about that and gotten a lot of practice on it. And for me, if I can stop thinking for a while and kind of cut that anxious feedback loop that's happening in my brain, that works way better for me to shift into relaxation than sitting down and trying to coach myself and do thought downloads and write models. 
So that's the first mistake I made was trying to coach myself from a place of anxiety because when I was self-coaching, what I thought was self-coaching was really just me overthinking and overanalyzing things because that's what I do when I'm anxious. So the next mistake I made with the model was not changing my circumstances often enough. So in the model, we learn that circumstances, they're the first line of the model. That's sort of all of the things in the world um, that trigger your thoughts about them. And a lot of self-coaching is around working on the thought line and the feeling line to think differently about your circumstances so that you can feel better, take better actions, get, and get the results you want. But I find that what is easiest for me is if I can change my circumstance to a circumstance that I have better thoughts about and that and there aren't really other negative effects to that, um, that's, a, that's a really good idea. Just change your circumstance, just change your situation, um, change the thing that you don't like, that you have bad thoughts about. And that's not a solution for everything, right? And a lot of things are outside of our control, but many times, we have options that we can choose that we want or we prefer. And I think we, for some reason, we don't choose those often enough. We don't give ourselves permission to just do what we want often enough. And I think that conditioning that I have to sort of restrict myself and not do what I want, I ended up using it against myself when I started learning the model because I just started to try to manage my thoughts around all these things that I didn't really want to do that I could have easily just have changed to doing what I wanted to do. So that's why in my coaching now, again, it's it's not a conflict with the model. It's not saying the model is wrong. It's just where my emphasis is, is to look more at uh, you know, doing what we want and choosing what we want and choosing circumstances that we want as an easy win. And I find that that hasn't really gotten me into trouble because I still have the skill set for the things that I can't control or those choices that I know would have some net negative consequences. Like I can still manage my thinking around those but the other stuff where I can change my circumstance to something what I, that I want and that works better for me and is easier for me without having to coach myself, I'm just going to do that. And it was really interesting because after I discovered this independently on my own and, and through some other things that I've been that I had been reading about, like intuitive eating, I actually heard uh a coach who was trained at the life school coach school talk about like, um, we do way too much self-coaching sometimes. Why don't we just choose what's easier and what we already have better thoughts around? And I thought that was a really good point and really fit me. And so it was really cool to hear someone else with the same training come to that same realization for herself. And again, she still coaches using the model. Um, but it just, realizing these things that are helpful within that. So the third thing was around my purpose, the third mistake I made. And this is definitely something that looking back, I can see how the coaches that I was listening to were not intending this, but how I took it was that in order to live my purpose or achieve my big goals, 
I needed to generate lots of very strong, intense emotions to get me to those big goals. And it, it kind of matches up, right? You have this big, intense goal. You should have this big, intense emotion to get you there. So I was thinking of emotions like excitement and commitment, which to me, commitment felt like this very intense driving type of emotion. That, that was my idea of commitment. And I can see where I got this idea because I think there is some of that flavor to the coaches I was listening to, but I, I can also think of so many examples of the same coaches talking about how it's just kind of, you have to just be very steady and very measured. Um, and it's, it's kind of a long track to get to this big goal and, and you have to pace yourself with that. And that is really what I've found is that the things that fuel me taking consistent, sustained action towards my purpose are, are emotions that are much more neutral and much more low key. And the emotion or feeling that I use a lot in my coaching tools now is the feeling of being on track. I've just being, having a clear path forward you're, you don't necessarily have to be really excited about your goal, um, but you have a clear path forward. You know how, you know the next step you can take to get there. You understand what the pieces of your routine are that you're doing towards that. And just that very neutral, low energy emotion has worked very well for me because I am someone who has a busy life and needs a lot of sleep and has other responsibilities and commitments. And for me to try to be excited about coaching all the time, I will burn out in a hot minute <laughs> because I don't have that. Even just my temperament, um, not even so much my schedule, my temperament, I can't sustain a really intense emotion like that without burning out. And so that's the other thing that's been really helpful to me. And it's been really interesting to me too, to listen to um, coaches now, now that I understand this about myself and kind of understand this mistake that I made, it's been so interesting to listen to other coaches talk about commitment. And I've realized that what they're talking about is not this intense driving emotion. They're just talking about this very settled, like in your bones, this is what's going to happen. It just feels very relaxed and like a you know, like a certainty, which is similar to how I feel like on track feels like when I feel on track, I just, I know that I'm going to, um, record my program session. I know that I'm going to show up for office hours. I know when those office hours are, I know what my, uh, I know what help I want to offer people and how I want to serve people. And that that's just very like relaxed certainty and feeling on track. That is what I think they mean by commitment, but that is not when I was thinking of committed before I was not taking it that way at all. I was taking it as this very like pounding, intense, like driving emotion. And so I think this, this third mistake that I'm talking about, I guess to summarize it, it's really just realizing that I can make progress. Uh, on my purpose and really sustain my work on my purpose with very low key emotions. And that has been 
so much more sustainable and, and doable for me. You don't have to be super excited about your goals all the time. And you don't even, honestly, I don't even set goals anymore. I just, I think because I have this level of commitment, because I know I'm doing this program and I choose things again, I choose circumstances that I want. I want to podcast. And so I know that if I take those actions consistently from the right intention and and from the right place in my heart that that is coming from that I will I will get what I want to get out of it and it doesn't become so much about the goal which I could do a whole other episode on goal setting and my thoughts around that but I think that's a good summary for today so the three mistakes I made in my self-coaching and interpreting what coaches were saying were trying to coach myself from a place of anxiety instead of focusing on just shifting to relaxation first um, before I I started thinking and analyzing a bunch. Um, The second one was not taking advantage of changing my circumstances to just choose the circumstances in life that I wanted. And third was assuming that I needed a big, intense emotion to fuel my purpose when really just um, you know, steady, relaxed, on track emotions can fuel that. And again, I think I think the model is an awesome tool. I think it's still the tool that is in kind of the background in my head in the way that I think about a lot of things. It's not the tool that I use to coach with anymore because I think that what I have learned from the model has And then what I've learned about myself uh, beyond that has kind of morphed into how I am coaching now. And again, I think that's a great thing. I don't think that's any diss against the model. Does anyone use the word diss anymore? I feel like I haven't said that for 10 years. It's not any diss against the model. um, And it's not saying that what I'm coaching with is the same as the model. I think they're both really good tools. And I think ultimately uh, it's great to learn different tools and it's great to also make them your own and find what works for you. So I hope that was helpful to everyone. And yeah, that wraps up episode 70. I hope you have a good rest of your weekend. I will be back soon. I'm not sure exactly my schedule this week. I will be traveling Wednesday through Friday. So I definitely won't be podcasting then. Um, And we'll see here and there uh, if I get more episodes in. I'm not sure. It's just going to be a little bit more busy than usual. So I hope everyone is doing well. And I'm not sure exactly when we'll talk again, but we will talk again soon.